Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Our first lesson for this Pentecost Sunday and this special 50th church anniversary, we read from Deuteronomy chapter 7 beginning beginning at verse 6. For you are a people that is holy to the Lord your God, because the Lord your God has chosen you to belong to him as a people that is his treasured possession, chosen from all the peoples that are on the face of the earth. The Lord became attached to you by love and has chosen you, not because you were more numerous than all the peoples, actually you were the fewest of all the peoples, but because of God's love for you, because he was keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers, that is why the Lord brought you out by a strong hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He did this so that you would know that the Lord your God, yes, he is God, the faithful God who maintains both his covenant and his mercy for those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. The word of the Lord. Our New Testament lesson is taken from Revelation chapter 3 beginning at the 7th verse. To the messenger of the church in Philadelphia write, The Holy One, the one who is true, the one who has the key of David, the one who opens and no one can shut, and who shuts and no one can open, says this, I know your works. Look, I have set before you an open door, which no one can shut. I know that you have a little strength, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Look, I will make those who are from the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but are lying. Look, I will make them come and bow at your feet and make them realize that I have loved you because you have kept my word about patient endurance. I will also keep you from the hour of testing which is about to come over the whole inhabited world to test those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. The one who is victorious will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will never leave it again. I will also write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which is coming down out of heaven from my God and my new name. Whoever has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The word of the Lord. Our gospel lesson is taken from John chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. This is a portion of Jesus' high priestly prayer. After Jesus had spoken these things, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, so that your Son may glorify you. But now I am coming to you, 
and I am saying these things in the world so that they may be filled with my joy. I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I am not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them, so they may also be sanctified by the truth. I am praying not only for them, but also for those who believe in me through their message. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they become completely one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, the glory you gave me because you loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world did not know you, but I knew you, and these men knew that you sent me. I made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love you have for me may be in them and that I may be in them. The Gospel of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. For our sermon text this morning on this theme, occasion of your 50th anniversary, we turn to Psalm 89, the first two verses. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. So far our text. Dear friends, gathered together on this wonderful day. Anniversaries are, are wonderful, wonderful times. For example, if you think of a, a wedding anniversary, you take that day and you reminisce. You pull out the photo album or the DVD and you watch your wedding service all over again. You talk about things that have happened from that day until the day of your anniversary. Same thing with the church anniversary. Today we, we pause and we think about our beginning. We also think about the faithful people who have served throughout the years, whether in the public ministry or as a faithful lay person. But anniversaries are also times when maybe a couple will sit down and say, this is how far we've come. Now what do we hope to see? Maybe there's a, a dream destination that we want to travel to. Maybe this is what we're thinking about when we retire. We can also use a church anniversary to do that as well. To see where we are and then to say, now where do we go?
go from here. Above all, today on this 50th anniversary, we thank our God. We celebrate these 50 years of God's grace and see that it is a time to remember, but also a time to rededicate. Psalm, psalmist rather begins with these words, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. Singing is a wonderful gift that comes from God. It gives us opportunity sometimes to express emotions that we just can't do with the spoken word. And the church has often used music, singing, to talk about God's truths. This morning we had our choir singing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Remember in seventh grade, being part of the choir, we'd meet back there behind where you have their little room right now, and we'd practice our little group, and believe it or not, I was in the soprano section at that time. But we got together and we sang. It was a great opportunity to learn how to sing together as a choir, but also how to sing together to praise our God. The psalmist says he's going to sing of the Lord's great love forever. The idea of, of great love in the Hebrew has the idea of faithfulness. That God's love continues on and on and on. It contains a lot of the same ideas of our word grace. And it is because of that grace that we sing. Because if it were not for God's grace, the only thing that would come out of our mouths would be groans. Groans of misery. Groans of misery because by nature when we come into this world, we are separated from our God. And if that were not enough, we see evidences of that sin every day in our lives. Every single time that you and I have complained, we grumbled because we're discontent with what God has given to us. Or every time we said something about someone else that damaged their reputation, even if it was true. There's no reason that singing should come out of our mouths. Instead, it should be groans, not only for this lifetime, but also for all eternity. And yet we can and we do sing of the great Lord's great love. Because it was in that great love, that faithful love, that, that grace, that Jesus Christ left his throne in glory to live among his creatures. To do for us what we could not do for ourselves, to be perfect in his Father's sight. And then to pay the debt that you and I, indeed the whole world owed, he willingly went to the cross. There he suffered the punishment that you and I deserved. And as he rose again on Easter morning, again our voices lift in rejoicing. Because we know that our Savior's plan of redemption has been completed, and that eternal life is ours. And we sing today, we think today Pentecost, as we think of the gift of the Holy Spirit, who has entered into your hearts, given you the gifts that Jesus has won for you, and enables you to go forward. And so each and every day, we sing of the Lord's great love forever, and that's just practice. That's just practice for the time when we will sing of the Lord's great love for all eternity. We also gather today on this special day to lift our voices in praise to our God for all the blessings that he has given to Salem Lutheran Church. First of all, we think of Salem's beginnings. 
Those were turbulent times. And yet out of it came this congregation, rightly named Salem, which means peace. Another blessing that we have is this wonderful worship facility that we are in this morning. I can remember coming out to visit and going to church at that church over on Fontenero and sitting in that church in the, the beautiful glass window behind the altar driving past that yesterday again I said point out to my wife that that was the church and then then we went to the gymnasium at Helen Keller School and that was odd for me to go to church there because I went to school there Monday through Friday and then to turn around on Sunday and have that be where church was, that was a little odd. But then we had opportunity to purchase this facility. Salem was wandering no more. She had a permanent place where her members could gather together to sing the Lord's great love. We also think today of, of the faithful pastors who have served you over these past 50 years, whether it's Pastor Oswade or Pastor Kaiser, or now today, Pastor Siles. It's really kind of an amazing thing. Three pastors over the past 50 years. Faithful men. Faithful men who have been there beside you, to work beside you, to work with you, so that together you might sing the Lord's praises, to sing of his great love. We also think of uh, the time that we had our, our grade school and our early education place, and the, men, the 15 or so people who were either full-time or part-time serving to teach those little ones entrusted to their care about the Lord's great love for them. We also think of the Lord's great love in sending all the people through all the years who have used the talents that God has given them whether it was on the church council, the ladies' aide, the Sunday school teacher, organist, usher, and so forth. That people who, who, when they saw a need, that they could serve their Lord, they said, here am I. I want to do it. I want to serve. I want to help. Now we know, as with the course of anything, that not all things are always perfect or smooth. It's kind of interesting, if you do read Psalm 89, the whole thing, there's a place where the man who wrote it, a man by the name of Ethan, has some questions. He has some questions about what's happening, and it's not a cynical thing, he just wants to know what's going on. He lived during the time of King Solomon, maybe he, he lived past King Solomon, and he saw the division of the kingdom, and he was going... I don't understand, Lord, what's going on? And yet, if you read the whole psalm, you get to the end, and the tune is again, Lord, I praise you for your amazing love. Maybe he didn't understand what's going on at the moment, but he says at the end, Lord, I praise you for your great love, and that's what we do here today in Salem. Even when things haven't always gone the way that we thought they should have, God's still in control. And so we continue to praise him today and always for his faithful love. That's why we gather today to celebrate God's 50 years of grace here at Salem. As I said earlier, anniversaries are wonderful times to, 
to sit and think about the past, to reminisce, to talk about the good things. But anniversaries can also be a time when we, we look to the future. And that's really what our psalmist does in the second part of our text this morning. He says, with my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. So he goes from praising God for the things he's seen in the past, and now he says, and now I'm going to tell others. I'm going to tell others what God has done for me, for my nation. I'm going to make sure that future generations know what God has done. Same holds true for all Christians. When we sit and we think about everything that God has done for us, how can we help but sit and, first of all, thank God for everything that He's given to us? We think of all the spiritual blessings that we've mentioned earlier, forgiveness of sins, eternal life, salvation, and then you put on top of that all the physical blessings God has given to us. How can we help but raise our voices in song, thanking our God for what he's done for us? But isn't it also true that if someone gives you a wonderful gift, maybe at Christmas, maybe at your birthday, maybe completely out of the blue, it's a great gift, isn't it just our normal, our natural inclination to want and tell someone else what has been given to us? And if that's the way it is with an earthly blessing, an earthly gift, how much more so the wonderful blessings that God has given to us? Not only do we tell what God has done for us, but we also talk about the promises that God has made to us. The psalmist says, I will declare that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. God establishes faithfulness in heaven itself. What's the psalmist talking about? What's the sign of God's faithfulness in the heavens? It's the rainbow. The rainbow that God put in the sky after the flood, when he promised that never again would he destroy mankind by a flood, and as a reminder, he says, here's this rainbow every time you think of it. Every time you see that rainbow, you think of my promises. How many people don't we meet every single day of our lives that need to hear God's promises? Maybe, they're, maybe they are feeling as though they are overwhelmed by life. You can tell them about God's promise. God's promise that he loves people. And he only wants what's best for them. Maybe, maybe you run into a co-worker, a friend, someone who says, I just feel so alone. Sometimes I'm in the middle of a crowd and I feel like I'm the only one there. You can tell them about God's promise, that he never leaves nor forsakes his own. We, by God's grace, you and I have come to know these, his love and his promises. And then God gives you and me the wonderful opportunities to share that with others as well. May God bless our efforts on an individual basis, but may he also bless your efforts as today as Salem we rededicate ourselves to saying, I have something important to tell you. I want to tell you about our Lord's great love for you.
So in closing, thank you. Thank you for inviting me back to preach for your 50th anniversary. It's a great honor. It's so wonderful to see some familiar faces and some that aren't so familiar, but uh, we'll get to meet each other. That's great. Permit just a, a few more musings, if you will, at the end. Talk about coming to this facility and the excitement the first time that we walked in. And maybe that excitement was exaggerated a little bit because my, my Uncle Mark, thinking that this was, since this was formerly a Baptist church, that somewhere in the place there would be a swimming pool. <laughs> well, now that sounds like a church. Instead, if you remember, it was an old horse trough downstairs that it was all paneled in. Not quite the swimming pool. But there's... Uh, one other memory, too, that uh, on the summers when I would come home from Northwestern College as I was training to be a pastor, um, Pastor Kaiser would let me help with the midweek liturgies, training to be a pastor. And of course, you know how it is. You know, no members show up until at least five minutes or at most five minutes before church, right? That's kind of when you show up. So we'd be here early, and we'd be sitting out on those front steps, just waiting for the people. But it gave us a chance to talk and help me to be where I am today. Anniversaries are wonderful things. They gave us an opportunity to look back, an opportunity then also to look forward. So today, I join you in thanking our God for these 50 years of grace that he has shown to you. It's definitely a day to rejoice. But dear brothers and sisters in Christ, may it also be a day in which we rededicate ourselves to our mission to sing of the Lord's great love for all generations. And finally, to God alone be the glory. Amen. And now the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds in true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemlutheran.com. SalemEVLutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevluthran.org. May God bless you today and every day.